Name Taken Podcast. Welcome to episode eight. I'm your host, Michael Marshall. Each week, I celebrate the unique stories and shared Michael Marshall experiences of another Michael Marshall somewhere else in the world. We're about two months into this podcast now, and I thought this might be a good time to share some insights into my process. One thing you might have heard me ask on every episode so far is, how did you feel when I reached out to you about this project? There are a few reasons for that question, but the main one is fairly practical. It's a quick way to get a sense of how weird someone is willing to get with the premise of this podcast. In some cases, you'll have noticed previous Michael Marshalls will mention a previous run-in with another namekin, or a funny mix-up in the past drew them to participate and share, but that's where their journey of reflection ends. For some Michael Marshalls, there is no greater spiritual meaning that we all share. And that's okay. Variety is the spice of Michael Marshalls. It makes each episode unique. This week's Michael Marshall is a South African artist, musician, producer, and web editor who made it very clear from his answer to that question that he was not only down to get weird, but had reflected on being part of our namekin community from a deeply philosophical perspective, and was more than ready to go down the metaphysical rabbit hole just to see how similar our lives and our experiences were. And I was, of course, more than happy to run with it. So while in this week's episode, we absolutely cover Michael's background, particularly in Johannesburg's vibrant local rock scene, more than on other episodes, we reach across the void as strangers from completely different places using this flimsy premise of having a common name to really find out if we had a lot of other things in common too. And we openly reflect on whether or not those similarities are deeply, cosmically meaningful, or if they don't really mean anything at all. I loved it. So here it is, my chat and bonding experience with Michael Marshall. All right, cheers. Yes, Michael Marshall, thank you for, for joining me. Yeah, um, <laughs> what a What a weird podcast you've got, man. I know, I'm, I'm trying my best, yeah. It's, it's gotten pretty weird. I, um, I just think it's an amazing I've been idea, working. you know, to have a... a well, the, well, the fact that our name is, is A, that common, but I guess that any name could be that common, that, that you could have a whole podcast around. It kind of shows how big the world's getting, you know? And then um, it's pretty weird that then we can connect so easily that you could find me online and now here we are having a chat. It's amazing as the world got so big and then so small so quickly. I mean, I, I think that's just a wonderful way to think about it. Uh, what I mean, what did you think when I, I reached out to you? Did this make sense? I must admit, like I got like a notification on my email and it was like Michael Marshall wants to connect with you. And I was like, LinkedIn's broken, you know, like <clears throat> figured it was like, something weird going on with my account. And then obviously I opened up the message because my name was on it. And I get those sort of messages all the time. People want to connect with you on LinkedIn. I, and the only reason it caught my attention was because it was my own name that popped up and I opened up the LinkedIn message. And, and yeah, I immediately thought like, what a cool idea for a podcast. Um, well, so tell me about your origin story as a Michael Marshall. So my origin story as Michael Marshall is actually kind of a weird one. So I'm, I'm a little bit of an imposter, actually. My name's Michael Hall, uh, my birth name. And um, okay. Marshall's actually uh, my, my mother's maiden name. 
And so I played uh-huh. in a rock and roll band from the time I was like 14 years old. And um, I just decided, you know, Marshall, my grandfather actually changed his name to Marshall from Bellringer. So it was a series of like weird surnames that didn't really like sound right on stage. And then, um, so yeah, my grandfather changed his name to Marshall so that he could like perform on stage. And then I changed my surname to Marshall as well, just because it had a, someone once said to me when I was in primary school, like, you know, like quite young, they were like, Michael Hall sounds like you're going to work in the bank. And I was like, no, I will not work in the bank. I will (laughs) definitely not do that. And like, that kind of stuck with me. So when thinking about being on stage as like a 14 year old kid, I adopted the name Michael Marshall and it's kind of stuck ever since, you know, and, and, and it's actually kind of a weird one because, um, in the working world, my company name is uh, Martial Arts. So I run my own um, company and, um, you know, Marshall's just, it's, it's like, it's how I identify. It's my name, you know, and, and that's me, man. Just, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm just getting started on my journey. So my origin story is still kind of, still kind of being still happening. Let me ask you about your band too, because I I am also a Michael Marshall who played in rock bands for like a decade. And it's weird. A number of us are actually quite musical, which is interesting. There's a there's a Mike Marshall who's a mandolinist. There's a couple hip hop artists. I'm a I'm a tenor saxophone player. What do you what do you oh, play? Oh, cool, man. So I was always a singer yeah. for the longest time, but I played the guitar, and right. so for for about ten years as well, I played as a singer guitarist, like front man. Um, but uh, yeah, singing, singing is my main vocation. I love playing the drums these days. Um, so that's kind of where my musical taste has taken me. I play the drums a lot now, um, but still always singing, no matter where I go, <laughs> always singing. I'm so glad that we have uh, a drummer among our ranks. That that gives us like a lot more opportunities to start <laughs> start a band where we all have the same name. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been like keeping a lookout for a drummer. Like there's got to be one. Yeah, somewhere there's. One. I would love that Michael Marshall and the Michael Marshalls. So and yourself, um, can you tell yeah. me two two minutes about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so I'm from uh, like the American Midwest and. Uh, uh, that's where I am right now. And, uh, but for pretty much all of my twenties, I was in Beijing. So I, um, studied anthropology as a, uh, as an undergrad and, uh, had a mind to go do a PhD in anthropology, ended up in China, uh, with a bunch of bands and thought I wanted to study youth culture, rock music, played in a bunch of bands, toured around, came back to the U S for a few years to do a PhD went rogue on academia. Um, and, uh, then I spent five or six years organizing gigs, film festivals, art exhibitions, comic books, voice acting, did a ton of different things in Beijing. Uh, now I'm back in the United States and, uh, having significantly less fun, uh, than I was doing that stuff in Beijing. Uh, but you know, here we are, you know, Michael Marshall's in their thirties or have a, have a way different, you know, experience instead of obligations than they do in their twenties. Yeah. Inevitably, you know, it was the it was going to happen at some point. Um, so, I mean, musically, I did I did vocals and I was a horn player. I did a lot of um, like surf rock and garage rock and that kind of stuff. Cool, man. So I I kind of liked all that kind of weirdo, you know, that that sort of weirdo phase of the sixties, which is sort of where projects like this podcast come into play too you know that it's like it's it's weird and it feels deeply significant 
but it might not even be that significant at all. It's a tough call. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but it, but it feels like really significant. Well, maybe. that's what making art is all about. You know, it's a project. It's right. got to be significant to you. And if it is, it'll reach someone out there who might be significant to you as well. You know, and that's all that you can really hope for. It's cool to hear that you like the the garage rock and the surf rock. I also I that we played a lot of surf rock around about 2014. I was playing in a oh, yeah? Sundog, and um, yeah, we were gigging. A, like yeah, all the South Africa had a pretty big um, garage rock like wave that just happened all of a sudden where all there was all these surf bands everywhere, um, and it was cool because we have a lot of venues by the beaches and by the coastlines, and so yeah, it was a really good time. I really enjoyed playing in those bands, and then kind of from there went to a more psychedelic space, playing a lot of psychedelic rock. And then um, now I'm hanging out at a lot of drum circles uh, you know, uh, and stuff like that, you know. So that's also the thing. I think uh, Michael Marshall in his 30s also has a, a different way of, of kind of approaching music, or at least this Michael Marshall does. You know, um, sure. music's been a huge part of my life. It's it's all I, all I thought I was going to do when I was a child, you know, like growing up as a kid. I thought I was going to be a singer one day. That's all I all I thought there was to life, you know. As I've gotten older, I've realized that like I've got other interests in other places as well. But music is is a big one, you know. But it's um kind of the the way that I've approached music has evolved over the years to a place now where where music is kind of you know it's it's almost a more uh, I hate to use the word spiritual, but it's almost a, a kind of like it's a connection with myself. It's a therapy time. It's a it's a whole lot of things, you know. So I'm open to experiencing music in a whole lot of different ways, not just in the band environment, but like I said, in drum circles, open mic nights, jam sessions, those sort of things. Um, just kind of being a bit of a music slut, you know. <laughs> sure, I can say that jamming around a lot, you know. But also the the organizing shows of it part of it you mentioned that i did that a lot um organized a lot of shows organized a few small little weekend festivals and things like that like day-long sort of festivals it was always our dream to do like a full weekend like camping sort of festival i was involved in a few of them but not like my own one i always wanted to throw my own one but then again kind of moved on from from that side of it through less shows through less parties did work in other places you know i think money also it's a big driver for me as a human being, you know, and being in the music industry in South Africa, it's a tough one, man. I mean, at least in the Midwest, in the US, um, you've got a fighting chance of making it big, you know, but in South Africa, you, you've you got a fighting chance of being an entertainer, but that's about it. Not a, not a successful sort of, you know, financially successful musician. So I think that was also a big part of my life lessons and journeys was sort of like navigating that space of, of being a rock and roller and then somehow arriving at a place where I can still maintain my rock and roll and work for myself and do my own thing, be my own boss, but um, also have enough money to, to have a house and to have, you know, the things that, that we need to have in order to live. I, you know, the thing that I found, um, and I really did find this not through playing, but through organizing things um, was I, um, I found the kind of scene making and the community based projects to be uh, like a lot more personally rewarding than kind of like those large scale, you know, events and festivals and tours and things like that to the point where um, like by the end of my career doing that in China, I was pretty much exclusively just um, 
just doing community-based work. I, I, I guess as much as there's, you know, um, an allure for people in creative industry to have, um, you know, mainstream or widespread acclaim, there definitely is something to be said, uh, to be deeply invested into like a local scene or music community, because you can actually identify the ways that you're making an impact. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing to say like, Oh, you know, I had this many plays on Spotify this month, but it's entirely another to be able to reach out and touch someone and actually speak to them and understand, you know, like the type of relationship that you've created around some kind of music or like a creative output. I, I tended to find that to be pretty special. Um, I completely agree. But <clears throat> we saw it so, so deeply in, in Johannesburg, South Africa, in the punk music scene. And like, mm -hmm. I mean, from like 2008, till about 2014 2015 that's kind of when punk was kind of like it, the, the punk scene that was there kind of stopped being so active and people got older people were all starting to get into their 30s and stuff but like right sure. at the time when i was a teenager and growing up around a lot of south african bands like there were, i mean you wouldn't know any of these names but they were huge to us you know fun yeah, hit me. and breath charge and like it was all these great great like hog hoggity hog and you know, there was amazing bands. I'm not going to keep naming names that you don't know, but maybe maybe someone listening to this will go check out the Vancouver Cartel or some band like that, you know. And you'll see this, like, Afrikaans, punk scene, local, South African, like, it was crazy. But it was also, it was, again, it was a powerful community. It was an amazing time for a lot of, like, interesting ideas, interesting changes, especially just in the local culture here in Joburg. Um, <clears throat> Joburg is what we call Johannesburg, South Africa, hmm. um, or Josie, like, but here in, in the city, which like was always quite a weird place, you know, it really like all of a sudden culture exploded out of the city, not just in the punk scene. There was also like a, there was an Afro punk scene kind of going on that sprung out of that, but there was all these like Afrocentric hip hop scenes and like quite underground, quite like. Um, rebellious and and like grimy sort of gritty music you know coming out of out of um, Johannesburg specifically for like a good five or six years and it felt really cool to be a part of that there was some cool parties thrown there was some cool community initiatives organized there was some cool charity events there was you know but also just like the messages that were all of a sudden spreading around a city that felt a little bit conservative before that and all of a sudden kind of like exploded into like a really a really forward thinking and vibrant place it was quite cool to see so okay so i've got a few michael marshall related questions cool good have you met anybody who shared the name michael marshall i don't think i've met anyone called michael marshall in real life but certainly online I've come across other Mark Marshalls. You know, it's, uh, obviously I'm aware there's there's a screenwriter called Michael Marshall. For a while I was working as a screenwriter on a television show. Interesting. Yeah, there's a US sure. screenwriter, Michael Marshall. I think he's like based in California. And he's written like one or two movies that are actually quite well known. Oh, yeah? Um, anyway, I mean, I, 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 I found that out years ago when I was working as a screenwriter. And again, someone got my IMDb credits mixed up with that. <laughs> oh, bummer. Um, no, it was resolved. Yeah, so like I think um, I have not really come across that many, but I do have to say that Michael, I mean, obviously everyone comes across a shitload of Michaels in their life. Sure. When I was yep. in 
um, at the end of like primary school. I don't know. I don't know what the equivalent is in America, but like small school, you know, like when I was 13 at the very end of that journey of high school, because I think you guys go into like your high school level a year before us. We're anyway, we're in that kid's school until we're 13 years old. And in that year, yeah. I was um, I was one of 12 Michaels. There were 12 Michaels in my year group, in my grade. And so and there was four, <laughs> there was four classes in the grade. Each class had about 25 kids in it. And each class had at least four Michaels. So it was ridiculous. Interestingly as well, I was the only one who never got a nickname. I was always Michael. And then other people all got these weird nicknames. Like almost every other Michael either had a nickname or was referred to by his surname. Whereas I was always Michael. See, I have I have floated around. I was always Michael within my family. At some point during school, I switched to Mike. Although boys have a tendency after they turn 10 to just call everybody by their last names. So I was like either Mike or I was Marshall. For the entirety of the time I was in Beijing, there were already other Michaels, you know, like that ship had sailed. So the entire time I was in Beijing, I was Marshall. Uh, and because I was in the music scene too, it was easier for for everybody to remember, you know, because of the amps. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm actually a Michael again. So it's been it's been a wild ride. It's yeah. really been a wild ride. Nicknames. Some people call me Marshall, especially in the music industry. That that definitely yeah. does happen. People call me Marshall, but not even as often as people will just call me Michael. Like wherever, and 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 almost never Mike. It's only my girlfriend and my mom who call me Mike. Did you know? That Michael is the, I think it's the ninth most common name in the world. I would believe it. There was a, there's a pretty great Michael who taught me that. And um, it's Michael Stevens from Vsauce. Do you watch Vsauce on YouTube? No, but I actually am a Michael Steven as well. That is my middle name. Oh, really? So that, yeah, that's, this is, we're getting so deep here. <laughs> we're sitting so deep. But anyway, he's, he's got to be my favorite Michael in the whole world. And um, he's just so smart and he makes the greatest videos about just like, I don't know, the ra most random things, but the, I think the video is, is titled like, what is the most common name in the world? And he kind of drills it right down. And actually it's, a, it's about a 12 minute video. Um, and he talks about a lot of things in, in, in an average Vsauce video. But in this one, he discusses not only why Michael, like where Michael sits on the list of most common names or what the most common names are. And then he goes into talking about how likely it is to actually have a duplicate name. And as we get closer and closer to 50, oh. how much more likely it will become to have a duplicate name and how trends in names have changed and parents naming their children has changed and how it's predicted to change based on how few acceptable sort of standard Western normal names there are and how um, the naming sort of trends are going to change. And my favorite fun fact from that video was after France, France used to have a thing. I don't know too much about this. So, but France used to have a thing where, where boys used to have like the word Jean or the name Jean before something. So you'd be like Jean-Pierre, Jean-Paul, Jean-Jean, whatever. Um, and when they lifted yeah. that, it was 1967, I think. And do you know what the most popular name for a boy in France that year was? Like what all French parents rushed out to call their kid after they didn't have to call him Jean something? Was it Michel? No, it was Kevin. <laughs> it was Kevin. <laughs> it was Kevin. 
<laughs> what? It was Kevin? Yeah, and then so researchers actually reckon like this video goes on to say that Calvin Klein was the most popular like sort of brand at that time and it was like particularly like phenomenal brand with a lot of presence and a lot of people okay. related the name Kevin back to Calvin Klein. Kevin to Calvin Klein. Mm. So there you go. Bronze, eh? <laughs> I've had a tendency to think about all of us, you know, as in us, that we're kind of some kind of hive mind. <laughs> like, I like the idea of hive mind. That one's interesting. Um, so, like, I've been using the word namekin, but go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. It's kind of funny. Like, Michael does not define me. Yeah, you know, sure. I'm nothing like Michael Jackson or Michael Schumacher, though. If I had to choose, I'd want to be more like MJ than, than a dude who races cars. But, like, you know. <laughs> It's just one of those things where, like, you know, I don't identify with other Michaels usually. In fact, I'd say you're one of the most similar to me Michaels that I've ever met in my life. You like music, doing a podcast, I did a podcast, I love music. So it's like there's some similarities, whereas a lot of Michaels I meet don't really remind me of myself in any way. So I haven't really ever thought of... um of them as like anything like me but now ever since you reached out to me i was like maybe there is this weird network of like-minded michaels out there <laughs> like and it reminded me of that movie um i think it's called the one and it's got like i'm i can't remember the name of the most amazing like um asian at like karate guy for lack of a better description of this very talented sure. but um I think it's called The One. And I don't know if you've seen it, but basically it's about parallel universes. And mm -hmm. and basically every time he jumps to another parallel universe and kills a version of himself, the power of that version gets spread amongst all the other infinite versions of himself. So he jumps to more universes, killing more versions of himself. And slowly all the versions of himself become more and more powerful until he's killed every version of himself and becomes <laughs> The One. And then he's like the most powerful being in the universe. Another dang karate movie. Um, so <laughs> it reminds me of that. <laughs> Not that I'll ever come out and find you in Chicago and, and try and kill you to become the one and only Michael Marshall. Because there's too many of us. I reckon there's more yeah. Michael Marshalls than there are parallel universes. There's there's too many of us. And, and some people are at like a really pretty high starting point. Like <laughs> we would have to create lower level alliances. And then take those top level dudes out first. <laughs> it would actually take a lot of coordination. So yeah. can you tell me like uh, about some other Michael Marshalls? Like, are there any interesting other Michael Marshalls out there? Are there old dudes that are called Michael Marshalls? Are there really young dudes like that are still in their teens called Michael Marshall? Have you ever found a baby called Michael Marshall? And was he cute? I, you know, I would really like to interview uh, like a teenager or a preteen. I'm really hoping somehow, like I'm not going to go re like reach out as a strange. I suppose strange yeah, as, man. I, as we talk about it, yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> but I, I think it would be interesting. if Instead of like scheduled guy. post for like 15 years. Yeah. Some of us are pretty highly ranked and doing, doing quite well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of a bummer. Yeah. Like I said, I've, I've had the opportunity to speak with some, some really incredible people. And, and in a way, I feel a little bit like I should be doing more with the name. There are people who've spent like 20 years being 
you know, gay and drug policy and environmental rights activists. And I'm like doing this. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. you're doing just fine. Just, just live your own life eh? and then realize again, like, it's amazing how like the the world can be so big and so small at the same time. I think that's my main yeah. takeaway from this, you know, is that as much as there are other Michael Marshalls out there in the world, they're not going to like, you know, th- this town is big enough for the two of us, if that makes sense. You know, like we're not going <laughs> to step on each other's feet in any way. So it's it's an interesting thing, you know. It's like yeah. in your circle, you're the only Michael Marshall that counts. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm now the probably the foremost expert and historian of Michael Marshall's <laughs> living and probably ever, probably ever. <laughs> well, that's pretty important to all of yeah. us. I speak on behalf of Michael Marshall, at least one of us. <laughs> uh, Michael Marshall of South Africa, of Johannesburg, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks to Michael Marshall for being such a unique and engaged named kin comrade across oceans and hemispheres. Michael Marshall mentioned a lot of bands and stuff, didn't he? Punk and Joburg? Afropunk? Did that sound awesome to you? If it did, you can find a Spotify playlist of South African punk this whole week at the top of Name Taken social media bio links. This playlist features all of the bands Michael mentioned and more. You can also hop on Spotify to do a search for the playlist called The Sound of South African Punk. That's it for this episode. Of course, thanks to Miles Kalchik once again for my intro and outro jams. Next week, I introduce commercial and documentary director Mike Marshall. In addition to having spent a ton of time reflecting on his own common name and namekin experiences, Mike has some pretty cool stories about being a filmmaker and getting started with the Blair Witch Crew and on the set of a reality show I hope some of you remember called Making the Band. All right, well, if you or someone you know is a Michael Marshall, or if you just have a common name, reach out and share your story. Thanks. <laughs>